if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed, and it is also Thanksgiving Eve. Is that a thing? The eve of Thanksgiving? Well, we're calling it today. Thanks for joining us. Hour number two is underway at 10 10 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock on this 25th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord 2020. So we may have a new incoming administration. I say may because the election has not been certified and the massive lawsuits that are being promised by some attorneys working on behalf of not really the president, but working on behalf of the people, working on the half of in, uh, election integrity, including Sidney Powell, they're just about to be filed today. This is not over by a long shot. However, let's prepare, just as President Trump said, in the event that we are not successful... He gave the GSA the authority to go ahead and prepare, as is in the best interest of the country, for a peaceful transition of power. So in that event, let's look at a potential transition of power to a Biden administration and what it will look like, especially as it comes to what was the centerpiece of the Trump administration and the Trump campaign from four years ago. And that is restoring national sovereignty and national security by reforming American immigration law, making sure that our border was protected and secured, making sure that the open channels, the open pathways for drug traffickers, human traffickers, gang members, and other violent criminals was shut off. It was extraordinarily important. What will Joe Biden do with President Trump's extraordinary gains on matters of immigration? That's why we bring Dave Ray on. Dave Ray is here to join us now from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Dave, thanks so much for the time. Uh, first of all, happy Thanksgiving to you and to your family and everybody there at FAIR. We appreciate our friendship with you. Well, uh, happy Thanksgiving evening to you as well, my friend. It's always good to chat with you and uh, have a lot of good, a lot of interesting things to talk about today. You better believe that. First, I want to start with this from yesterday. Actually, we had booked this before I even heard this. But yesterday, Joe Biden announced during an NBC interview, NBC News interview that aired uh, last night, that he will immediately, in his first 100 days, move to give 
citizenship to millions of illegal aliens once he gets into office. Quote, I am going to make a commitment in the first 100 days. I will send an immigration bill to the United States Senate with a pathway to citizenship for over 11 million undocumented people in America. And undocumented people, of course, means illegal aliens. Dave Ray, first of all, 11 million, how stupid does he think we are? Second of all, yeah. how much bigger is that number going to get when the massive rush yeah. for the border is on, when everybody finds out when you get here, he's going to let you stay? I mean, you know, Bob, Fair's number uh, estimate for the number of illegal immigrants is actually 14.3 million, but I've seen estimates from universities as high as 20 million. How high will so the, uh, the number actually be, though, that the apprehensions last month uh, increased uh, threefold from the from previous levels uh, of illegal immigration. Up to seventy thousand uh, people were apprehended trying to get into the United States. That's the most really since the COVID crisis began, and it's because all eyes have been on Joe Biden and his rhetoric about uh, immigration amnesty. I mean, think about this, Bob. If we would offer a pathway to citizenship to the fourteen point three million people who are we estimate are currently here illegally once they gain their citizenship 52 million this is a fair estimate as well we estimate 52 million of their relatives would then be in line as potential immigrants to come into the united states so imagine an immigration policy that first rewards illegal immigration and then hands out the next several decades worth of visas to the relatives of those who cheated to get into the country, uh, you know, stole <laughs> documents, came here illegally, that's going to be our next wave of immigrants, are, are the relatives of those uh, amnesty recipients. I mean, it, 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 I can't imagine anything uh, that, that would trigger a border crisis more than that. Think about this. President would be President-elect Biden or or, you know, vice, vice, ex-Vice President Biden has talked about closing down the country because of COVID, while at the same time, it appears he's going to blow open the border. I mean, he's talking about an amnesty. He's talking about halting all removals of criminal and illegal aliens for the next hundred days. He's talking about ending all travel bans. These are bans against people from countries where we can't properly vet uh, would be immigrants to make sure that they are not uh, associated with terrorism or uh, other activities like that. He wants to eliminate the use of private detention facilities. So we're going to reduce the number of criminal aliens we can hold in the first place, thereby some of them are going to be re- released out into the public. He wants to stop the wall construction. And he wants to speed up chain migration. I mean, the Democrats... Okay, let me, let me, let me jump in a little bit about- here, David. <clears throat> David, let me jump in here a little bit and give some specific questions, because um, I'm sure you could go for about another 20 minutes and not take a breath. So let me let me throw a couple of specific things. You mentioned the wall. I'm glad you did. That's where I was going to go yeah. next. Yesterday, he told NPR. No, I'm sorry. This wasn't yesterday. Yesterday was the EMDC interview. Earlier this year, he told NPR, quote, there will not be another foot of wall constructed on my administration. He went on to say, I'm going to make sure that we have border protection, but it's going to be based on making sure we use high-tech capacity to deal with it. Number one, 
What is that going to mean? Because we already have a good, significant amount of the wall built. Is it just going to sit there unfinished, or is he going to destroy it? Second of all, what does that mean, tech capacity, high-tech capacity, to defend our border? Well, I mean, we have between 400 and 450 miles of new border wall. He says he's not going to rip it down. It would be a, a huge shame and abuse of taxpayer dollars if he did so. The Border Patrol thinks it's highly effective. The problem with this kind of high-tech solution to uh, border enforcement is that you have to have the, the, the feet on the ground, the men in the way. You have to have properly staffed and personnel uh, border patrol agents. This is like surveillance from drones and so on where you, you know, uh, identify people coming in uh, illegally in in remote parts of the desert and you send Border Patrol agents uh, out to get them. But, you know, what is going to stop the trigger of caravans coming up from Central America like President Trump faced several years ago? And the only thing that ended those caravans were the deals that he made with the with our neighbors to the south, Biden is going to rescind those policies as well. So, you know, he's going to be he's going to be soft on it's going to be a return to catch and release, right? It's going to be back to Obama. I mean, he was Obama's vice president. Obama took a wrecking ball to immigration enforcement. And Biden has proudly, you know, put forward policies that are going to do the same. You know, the immigration discussion really got short shrift while he was running for office. And it's too bad. Because I think if the American public would have had a real idea of what he has in store for us, they would have said, no thanks. I totally agree with that. And and you're right, it did get short shrift, and that's unfortunate. And now we have to deal with the aftermath of, math of that. Here's you mentioned the high tech, um, you know, sending agents. um, The Gatestone Institute ran a piece on what's going to happen to immigration under Joe Biden if he is president of the United States, and it says we people have forgotten about the thirty billion dollar disaster known as SBI Net. We've been down the high tech virtual wall road before. The only winners were the defense contractors. The virtual wall does nothing to deter or prevent unlawful entry. It merely provides surveillance and recording of the illegals doing it. Thousands of hours right. of video recordings of such crossings and then technology contractors are uh, are encouraged that biden says that's what he wants to do it doesn't stop him it doesn't catch him it doesn't do anything to alleviate the problem it just says yeah now we got it on videotape what what good does that do right it just it, it just it just tallies the number of new would-be amnesty recipients who are coming in on a nightly <laughs> basis think about that's it sad. bob I mean, you, you, you say you're not going to build any more wall. You say you're going to eliminate the use of private detention facilities, which is a significant part of the capacity that we have for holding illegal aliens. So as you're counting these illegal immigrants every night coming into the country, uh, if you would happen to send Border Patrol out to catch them, where do you put them? You've eliminated the use of a significant portion of the nation's detention facilities. And this is all word games. Let's face it, there was a study done by the Center for Immigration Studies that found that 65% of newly sworn-in immigrants who become U.S. citizens, 65% of them become uh, registered as Democrats. This is a demographic game that the Democrats are playing so that their margins for victory are not so tight. And if they can add 14.3 million more citizens, knowing that more than half of them are going to be registered, 65% of them are registered Democrats, that's going to give them much-needed margins in a lot of these states where the votes are tight. 
That's all this is. It's a power grab by the Democrats. It's a demo- they're going to make this nation over uh, demographically, and they're going to be the ones who benefit, and the American taxpayers are going to be the ones who pay for it. Because it's already costing. I'm glad you brought that part up. Billion dollars yeah. a year. Yeah. The taxpayers are, are going to foot the bill for millions of more illegal aliens coming in and using our hospitals and unable to pay for it, our schools and unable right. to pay for it, public housing, our courts. And as a matter of fact, we all know this. Joe Biden was one of the Democrats on stage who pledged to give free health care to all illegal aliens. And that means it's coming out of your right. paycheck and mine, which is just impossible right. to, to justify. But that's where we sit. Uh, David Ray, Federation for American Immigration Reform. They're doing phenomenal work there on behalf of the American people and on behalf of American sovereignty. David, please uh, extend my uh, best wishes and happy Thanksgiving wishes to everybody there at FAIR, and thank you so much for your time. I sure will, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a great day. Thank you, Dave. God bless. Yeah, it's it's impossible to comprehend all of the damage that's going to be done when it comes to immigration and all of the crime and everything else that illegal immigration brings to the United States in all of our cities. People think it just affects the border states. It affects, you know, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California. No, it doesn't. It is far, 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 far more dangerous than that, including for us here in the state of Ohio. We'll be right back. Okay, 1026. Really just crazy to think about all of the things that are going to be undone. All of the great progress that has led to this extraordinary American economy, the extraordinary uh, goal, or excuse me, um, uh, advances we have made toward the goal of reforming immigration in this country, making sure those who want to come here legally have access to this beautiful, great uh, land. Uh, the least racist nation on the face of the earth, despite what every leftist in America will tell you in a George Floyd riot. Um, people want to come here from all over the world, particularly people of color, particularly people to the south of the United States, in Mexico, and in Central America, and in Latin America. They're all people of color, and they want to come to the United States. What a crazy idea, right? And they're willing to put their lives on the line to do it. They're willing to break laws to do it. And we have made great progress in making sure that it, that legal immigrants to the United States can get here during the Trump administration, but that illegals are going to be stopped, turned away. Which is exactly what the border wall was intended to do. He said he would build it. He promised he would build it. He did build it. And now it's all going to come undone. They may not take it down, but they're not going to advance it anymore. By the way, Joe Biden, as recently as 2006, that's only 14 years ago, gave a huge speech where he was advocating for the building and the construction of a 700-foot, or excuse me, a 700-mile border fence to help stop illegal immigration. Here comes Trump, changes the word fence to wall, and no, 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 can't have that. All because he is bowing to his base. Uh, Frank is in Brook Park on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Frank. Go right ahead. Thank you. I'd like to read a prayer of command at this time. May I? It's 80 words. A prayer of command? Yes, it's called. Yes, that's the name. Okay. Okay, go ahead. In his name and by the power of his cross and blood, we ask 
Jesus to bind any evil spirits, forces, and powers of the earth, air, fire, or water of the netherworld and the satanic forces of nature. By the power of the Holy Spirit and by his authority, we ask Jesus Christ to break any curses, hexes, or spells and send them back to where they came from, if it be his holy will. I beseech thee, Lord Jesus, to protect us by pouring thy precious blood on us, which thou hast shed for us, and I ask thee to command that any departing spirits leave quietly, without disturbance, and go straight to thy cross to dispose of as thou seest it. And there's a few more words if I have the time. I asked the well. No, we're actually we're actually we're we're going to have to stop it right there. But I'm going to say this, Frank. Um, what you just read, and I thank you for that, and I thank you for the phone call, is not terribly dissimilar from what I have prayed. Uh, I don't use the the language like that, but that I have prayed uh, that we drive whatever evil or evil spirits or whatever it is that may be, um, you know, providing such so many problems and that have inhibited the, the great people of this country and in this world uh, from, you know, from achieving God's goals for us. I have asked God to defeat evil. I just have. I've, I've, I've prayed. I didn't pray for specifically for election victory. I don't pray for victories. But I prayed that God would guide his people and give them the wisdom to do what must be done to cast evil uh, uh, out of this country. And uh, as of right now, you've heard it. Over the course of the last several weeks, uh, evil is not cast out of this country. Evil is winning. Evil is winning. And they look to punish and do more evil things to people who are trying to advocate for good. And the only thing that I would say is take that prayer that that um, uh, Frank just read and follow it up with one of your own. Because it's going to take divine intervention, I think, for us to save this great republic. All right. Thank you, Frank. Let's take our last time out here. Not our last time out, but our time out here for the bottom of the hour. And on the other side, what is the Great Reset? The globalists are calling for a Great Reset. Is Joe Biden about to walk America right into it? And what does it mean? We're going to talk to James Dellingpole about exactly that next. M1420, The Answer. Okay, 1035, we continue now on AM 1420, The Answer. By my count, that gives us 25 minutes of outstanding awesome left for you in this broadcast. It'll be the last live awesome you'll get this week, because, of course, tomorrow and Black Friday, uh, we are taking company holidays, and we will have best-of programs for you the next two days. So great interviews and segments we've had in the past several months. You will hear them again tomorrow and uh, on Friday, so hopefully you will be tuning in. I want to play something for you before I bring our guest in. It's only 29 seconds, but it's 29 very important seconds. As Justin Trudeau, uh, who is in charge of America's Attic, otherwise known as Canada, um, put into words what many people have been warning about when it comes to the globalist agenda and the globalist American left that pushed so hard against President Donald Trump's America First policies, Justin Trudeau put it into words when he talks about the Great Reset. Listen. Building back better means getting support to the most vulnerable while maintaining our momentum on reaching the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development and the SDGs. Canada is here to listen 
and to help. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is our chance to accelerate our pre-pandemic efforts to reimagine economic systems that actually address global challenges like extreme poverty, inequality, and climate change. You know, if one was not careful, one might think that he and other world leaders are pushing for the spread of this pandemic because he just said the goals were set pre-pandemic. But the pandemic provides them with the opportunity for their desired reset. Hmm. Let's bring in James Dellingpole now. James Dellingpole is a writer with uh, Breitbart London. He describes himself as a happy warrior in the uh, tradition of Andrew Breitbart, whom he knew personally and still does on Twitter. Uh, James, good to have you on the air here in Cleveland. How are you, sir? It's great to be on the show, and happy almost Thanksgiving. And thank you very much, and to you as well. We'll call it Thanksgiving Eve to make it easy, and yes, thank you. All right, uh, James, you have written at length about the Great Reset. You have been cast down as a part of the fringe right wing uh, because you have <laughs> yeah. dared to, to talk about the reality here. But, you know, I mean, I, I don't know how anybody can listen to, for example, Justin Trudeau and not believe that what you have warned about is exactly what they themselves have been planning for since before the word coronavirus was ever uttered. Yeah. Once you once you um, know what the signs of the beast are, you see it everywhere. And, for example, you've probably heard the phrase, build back better, because it was Joe Biden's campaign slogan. Uh, you also hear that phrase coming from the lips of my own Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. It's been used by the Pope, by Justin, uh, just President Bieber, as I call him, as, as um, you've just shown. <laughs> build back better is the slogan of the Great Reset. And the Great Reset is, I mean, I'm sure you've all, you've all seen the, the cavalcade of, of private jets which fly to Davos in Switzerland every, every year, uh, apart from this year, obviously, because of coronavirus, to the World Economic Forum, hosted by a guy called Klaus Schwab. And Klaus Schwab, who looks a bit like Blofeld from the Bond, Bond movie and sounds like, like Blofeld, all he needs is a, is a furry Persian cat to, to complete the picture. This guy, Klaus Schwab, has been talking about this great reset for years. And it's, I mean, it depends on how far down the rabbit hole you want to go. But I can re- reassure you 100% this is not tinfoil hat territory. This is absolutely real. The great reset is real. It's one of the one of the one of the, the proofs that it's not a conspiracy theory is that um, these guys talk about it all the time. It's not a conspiracy if if they, when they tell you what they're doing. So you'll find it on the, the World Economic Forum's um, website. You'll find it in the public statements of, of people like Klaus Schwab. You'll find world world leaders parroting the phrase I mentioned. I mentioned Build Back Better. You'll also hear the phrase the Fourth Industrial Revolution. What is it? It's a technocratic takeover. It's a bit like communism. It's a bit like Nazism. It's a bit like fascism, except the bad guys this time are the experts, the elite, the scientists, the technocrats who are going to be, if if all goes to plan for these guys, they are going to be running your life. Every detail. You You will not have private property. You will not decide what job you do. Your, your very health system will be, will be um, 
owned in the form of a health passport. It'll be a bit like the, the, the system they have in communist China at the moment, whereby you get a social credit system. If you behave nice, then they may let you go to the shops or go on holiday. If you don't behave nicely, they'll crush you. That is something I think we should all be very scared of and very wary of. It is, um, you know, it, it's, it's such low-hanging fruit to bring up 1984 and Orwell um, whenever we talk yeah. about these things, but it's, it's remarkably accurate, James, and that's what's so frustrating. And if people have not read it and not learned it, uh, then they, they, they really need to know what we are talking about, the, the horrific existence of humanity in that type of dystopian environment um is something that should make the hair on the back of your neck stand up and the fact that they are literally using the language by the way i don't know if you heard in the clip from trudeau he started that with saying build back better so yes you're a thousand percent right uh that's been biden's slogan trudeau mentioned it they talk about the great reset they talk about the opportunity to address worldwide poverty and worldwide inequality and you you describe it in one of your columns for Breitbart, James Dellingpole. We are talking about a blueprint for a complete transformation of the world economy. There will be no money, no private property, no democracy. Instead, every key decision about your lives, and I don't want to repeat what you just said, but will be made by our governmental overlords. And they will tell you, and in fact, let me ask you, this is the next question, James Dellingpole. We are being told by many of our governmental leaders here in the United States, including literal governors of states like ours here in Ohio, that we cannot sing, we cannot dance. All because of the pandemic, we cannot get together, sing, dance, and worship. And there is language in 1984 in which they talk about singing and dancing are prohibited. I mean, you don't have to be a tinfoil hat wearer to see these, these, uh, these, these unlikely coincidences, do you? Uh, that's because they are not coincidences. I mean, in a way, the answer to the question, is the, is the Great Reset real? All you have to do is look around you. And pretty much every country in the world, apart from a few notable exceptions, Sweden is one, Brazil is another, Belarus is another, bizarrely, Tanzania is another, but pretty much every country in the world has acted in lockstep with the Great Reset. All these regulations, all this, I mean, we know, we know for a fact that there is no uh, convincing evidence that masks make any difference at all. You know, you shouldn't wear a mask. Masks probably do more harm than good. They're just a symbol of government control. We know that the death rate from, from coronavirus is no worse than in a, a bad seasonal flu year. There have been, been years in the last century where more people have died, certainly as a percentage of the population, of flu than of coronavirus. So why are they shutting down our economies, stopping us visiting, visiting family on, on Thanksgiving? Why are they destroying small businesses with this, with this unnecessary regulation? The answer is, it is all part of the plan. And if you don't, don't, don't believe me, I, a, I, I do, I've been doing a series of podcasts with, with people who know about this stuff. The latest one, and my podcast is called The Delling Pod, which is D-E-L-I-N-G-P-O-D. I talked to a guy called Patrick Wood. Patrick has been studying technocracy for the last 40, 45 years. It began... It began as a, as, a, as, a, as a weird cult in the 1930s. In fact, you mentioned 1984. The U.S. is now... 
Yep. Sorry about that. We had a glitch in the computer. Go right ahead. Please continue. Oh, sorry. D- d- you mentioned 1984 by George Orwell, but actually the closer analogy is Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, which was written in 1932, and that was another dystopian novel, except this time it wasn't about Big Brother. It was about this future where politics doesn't really exist, where scientists control everything, and you merely live out your lives according to how you're graded, whether you're, whether you're, you know, you're, you're, you're an alpha or a beta or whatever, and, and you get sort of drugged with, with this thing called soma, and, and everyone lives out the life that they are allocated by the technocratic elite. That's what we're heading towards. Anyway, this guy, Patrick Wood, told me that, that it was a cult that began in the 1930s, but was then sort of reinvented, warmed over by a very, very sinister guy called David Rockefeller in the 1970s. He was the heir to the Rock- one of the heirs to the Rockefeller fortune. And as is often the case with, with people who achieve, uh, achieve things, you know, the great sort of barons of the American economy, their children and their grandchildren become, turn into kind of liberals who want to destroy free market capitalism. Uh, and that's what David Rockefeller effectively did. He, he, he um, conducted this, this sort of master plan to create this technocracy. And he created this very, very dodgy institution called the Trilateral Commission. The Trilateral Commission, if you look at the people who've been on that, on that commission, uh, who are all, by the way, behind the Great Reset, all, all backing this technocracy, they include the entirety of the Carter administration. They include George W. Bush, George H. W. Bush. This problem is everywhere at the highest levels, which is why we can't look to our, to our governments and our senior politicians to rescue us from this, because often they're part of the problem. That's why I think Trump was such an extraordinary exception and why I'm praying that he manages to pull off this battle he's having with the Democrats and gets this, elect- this stolen election back, because I think that he is one of the few public figures capable of fighting back against this evil monster. James Dellingpole with Breitbart London is our guest. And um, by the way, you would be pleased to know, James, that Patrick Wood was the guest who preceded you on these airwaves. I had him on oh, last half see. hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry for repeating what yeah. you said. No, 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 no. You uh, you went into much more depth because we were talking about more uh, different issues regarding citizens for free speech here. But we did talk about technocracy. And in fact, yeah. he has mentioned you to me before. So I know you guys are both kind of on the same page with that. Um, but... Patrick, or excuse me, James, rather, what I want to ask you about is how do ordinary Americans who may be listening to us right now, or rather, what do we do uh, in an attempt to stop this? We tried to stop it with our votes, and then they stole the election from us. Um, what can we do, especially when it comes to, to the area of credibility? You've you've twice mentioned, you know, conspiracy theory and uh, uh, and and tinfoil hats and so forth, because that's what people will call you. People who believe in technocracy, the Trilateral Commission, people who believe in all of, you know, they're going to say to you, "What are you talking about? What did George W. Bush and George H. W. Bush have in common with Jimmy Carter? You're mere crazy. You're making all of that up." That's the kind yeah. of thing we have to overcome. James, how do you do that? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is just 
if, if you're in any doubts, read into the background of what I've just said. The Trilateral Commission is not a, a fictional thing. If, if, if you go onto the Internet and look up the membership of the Trilateral Commission, you will find the names of George W. Bush and, and George H.W. I mean, H. W. Bush. It's not a, it, it's not a secret. It, it is a conspiracy in plain sight. What this will then enable you to do is to realize that the problem is much bigger and more intractable and more widespread than you ever possibly imagined. Democracy has almost failed us. I mean, I'm, as I say, I'm still holding out for President Trump. But if, 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 if President Trump doesn't get this election, all bets are off, because how can we trust the democratic process when the, the left sinister people like George Soros and Lord Malik Brown are rigging the... the the, the, the ballot machines and ensuring they win every time. So how do we come back from that? Well, it may be that the answer is, is, is in the hands of the people now. We, we can rebel against all the, the different ways that the, the Great Reset is imposed on us. At a local level, for example, the Great, great Reset is, is intimately bound with the Green Movement. Let me tell you, because I've written a book about this called Watermelons, Green on the Outside, Red on the Inside. This has nothing whatsoever to, te- to do with saving the environment. In fact, it's the opposite. You think about um, wind turbines, what I call bat-chomping, bird-slicing, eco-crucifixes. These things are not good for nature. They, they, they produce expensive, subsidized energy, which benefits crony capitalists only. It's not good for the environment. But these are the kind of measures that the people who support the Great Reset are after, because ultimately they want to control energy. They want to force us to use particular kinds of energy which are in their control rather than the kind of forms of energy that the free market might like, i.e. shale gas, oil, uh, coal, stuff that's effective. They want you to use stuff that's expensive, ineffective, and in their control. So we can, what we can do is, is you know, on, on town councils and things in local government, we can rebel against all these green measures imposed on us. Um, at a bit, it may, I'm afraid, have to come to taking to the streets to protest against this stuff because it seems to me that our governments around the world, not just in the U.S., are going to impose on us this master plan, this evil master plan, which we never voted for, which we don't want, which is totally against our interests. Th- I think it's going to come to that. This is a very, very scary year. They've, they've um, used it, used coronavirus, which, by the way, I think is a completely fake pandemic. They've used it to accelerate their master plan. And look, it's working. Look at how many people wear masks. These are a symbol of oppression. They've got nothing to do with protecting your health. Uh, they've stopped just going to, to bars and restaurants and things. These people are evil, and they will not stop at anything to impose their, their plan on us. I am glad, James Dellingpole, that you are not pulling any punches, uh, because everything you are saying needs to smack people in the face with reality. They, they are just so blind to this, and there are so many sheep, as you referred to them, that just have no earthly idea what is being done to them. And I'm glad to hear you say that. I hope maybe we can establish a bit of a, a relationship here and have you on more often. Like I do, I have Patrick Wood on uh, uh, relatively frequently as well, because we do need to continue to educate the populace so they are ready to take it to the streets, not the way they did during the, all of the race riots and burning and, and, and smashing things, but to peacefully tell the government we will not be ruled and we will not allow a great reset to take away everything that this country has been built upon and to an extent harming countries like yours as well. Uh, James Dellingpole, thank you so much for what you brought to the discussion today and I hope we can do this again very soon. 
I'd love to. Thank, thank you. And again, happy Thanksgiving Eve. Thank you, sir, and to you and your family and, and friends as well. Thank you. God bless. All right, that's James Dellingpole, Breitbart, London. Um, he's spot on. He is all over it, as Patrick Wood is and was as well, and we are going to continue to educate people the very best way we can. We are not conspiracy theorists. We're not tinfoil hat wearers either, as uh, James just said. This stuff is all out there. You've got to read it. You've got to study it. You've got to learn it. And you better believe it. When Trudeau said it, he meant it. He's speaking on behalf of many, many other world leaders about the Great Reset, to take everything that you have away and have it redistributed as they see fit to the rest of the world. It is extraordinarily dangerous. Final segment coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, friends, Bob France here once again for my new car. All right, it's not a new car, but it feels new. I've, you know, my, my Fusion actually is about, what, seven years old now? It's a 2013, yeah. My, my Ford Fusion that I got from Kowalski Ford is seven years old, but it looks brand new today thanks to Nathan's Detailing at nathansdetailing.com. I told you on the air yesterday that while we were talking on the air, uh, Nathan's Detailing Tech was outside my studio working on my car and detailing it and making it look brand new. I was not kidding. I got in it yesterday after the show, and I practically slid off the seat. My knees almost went up into the steering column because that's how clean and slick the new, the leather was in the leather seats. <laughs> it's incredible. The whole car smelled like it just came off the lot. It smelled brand new. It looked brand new. It's wonderful. Nathan's Detailing does that. They'll come to you and do your car at your location, whether it's home or work or wherever it is that you want them to do. It takes a couple hours, depending on what you get done, and it's phenomenal. How about this? Christmas is a-coming. How about you get a gift certificate from nathansdetailing.com for somebody you love? Family member, coworker, employee, employer, whatever. Uh, it's a phenomenal gift. Get on to nathansdetailing.com. A few clicks away, you'll see the, the graphics right there on the homepage. You will uh, be able to have a gift card emailed to you in seconds. And then you can give it away as Christmas gifts or save it for yourself. And know that you do not have to use it right away. You don't have to use it in the wintertime. It is good for any time. All of the information you need to have a brand new looking car is at nathansdetailing.com. That's nathansdetailing.com. One more time. What is it? Nathansdetailing.com. Okay, it is three minutes before the top of the hour. Time for one, maybe two. We'll see, but we'll start with Tim in Westlake. Tim, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go right ahead, Tim. Hi, Bob. I wanted to go back to Frank's call and your affirmation of prayer and certainly, I, and how you pray. And I wanted to reiterate the importance and power of prayer. The apparent loss of the election has been discouraging for, for so many people who pray. And, and, and I'm a bit disappointed that churches aren't fuller with people praying for our legislators, and especially our judges who need to stand up for the Constitution. Well, sadly, uh, sometimes it's not up to the parishioner. It's not up to the congregation to fill the church. They have been told they can't fill the church because they have to be six feet away. There's a limitation on attendance, uh, you know, 25% capacity in some places, 50% capacity in others. So, unfortunately, they have tried to keep us out. But what I would say in response, Tim, is you're right. The power of prayer 
what matters is the prayer, not the location. Should you in, you know, go to worship if you can? Absolutely. But do you need to? Uh, do you need to reach God that way? No. He's listening all the time, every time. And here's what I'll say about the results. We are very discouraged about the election. <clears throat> Technically, we're discouraged about the theft of the election. I am not discouraged about the results. I think if every every legal vote was counted and every illegal vote was cast aside, um, there would be no nothing to be discouraged about at all because I think President Trump won going away. But having said that, being where we are now, it's easy to be discouraged and it's easy to kind of question and say, where's God? We asked him to help evil, eradicate evil from this world, uh, and he's allowing it to take power here. Um, we don't know what it looks like. That's why I didn't pray for election victories. I prayed for God to guide us with our wisdom to eradicate evil. And maybe that means, you know, it's going to be the attorneys among us. It's going to be the judges and the jurors among us who are going to find and get to the bottom, the investigators. They're going to use the wisdom that I asked God for to undo the damage that was done and to righteously, uh, uh, you know, correct uh, what what the people have decided here. So, and that's a long answer. I appreciate your phone call, Tim. Thanks very much. I'm out of time here. But uh, that's what I meant. I prayed to God, not for an election victory, but to help us use the wisdom he has given us to eradicate evil from this country and give people an opportunity to move forward. And that's what I still believe in praying for. That's it. It's all the time I have. Thank you to all of our guests today. Thanks to you for listening. We have a best of show tomorrow. We have a best of show Friday. Back live with you on Monday. Have a great day and a very happy Thanksgiving. Bye-bye.